Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. This is Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana, and my partner in crime is joining me over the phone. I'm I'm on location today, Jacques. It was actually just too nice outside to be in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. I mean, the fall weather has been glorious. It's well-deserved. We've waited for it. I know it's going to heat up a little bit this weekend, but apparently it's going to cool down again next week. So I would be out with you, Simone, if I could. Um, we've had <laughs> so a busy... You did, get to go out. <laughs> yeah, you did get to go out this week. Don't you act like you stayed uh, in the studio that you've been locked inside. You had a flyover this week. That's true. I know it, for both of us, it's been a busy on-location week, but that's right. Um, you know, as we tend to do, we'll have coastal flyovers um, provided by our partners at South Wings, um, Emmett Bartholomew's the pilot, um, and Meredith, who we had on the show before. So um, we flew out of your hometown, Homa um, Regional Airport, and it was with our, um, you know, Ottawa, Louisiana staff. Uh, we had a lot of staff that haven't gone before, and they're, you know, great coastal advocates, and we wanted to make sure that they could get up and, and see it. And so, you know, it was it was actually a beautiful, clear day. We flew out, we flew south, um, you know, through kind of Terrebonne, looking at areas, some of the ridges that are remaining, some of the communities around Point of Shen before returning um, and seeing, you know, Port Fouchon and um, the Caminata Headland and a lot of the Barrier Island restoration that's been completed. Um, and then we came back and, and hugged the Mississippi River and looked at some of the areas that um, are gaining land as a result of river input. And I have to say, I mean, I've done this flight so many times, but um, when you make that turn on the river and you're in Plaquemines Parish and you look north and you just see New Orleans in the distance, it's such a striking um you know, visual that like New Orleans is a coastal city and we're not by any means removed from the issues that are happening on our coast. And the people that were on the flight with me, I mean, it was their first time up and they were just, you know, taken aback. They were um, breath, you know, they're, they're, they were breathless and they were just kind of like, wow, you know, I, I totally get it. I understand now why this is so important. Yeah, I saw that, I saw that you were um, talking about it on social media and um, I saw Chuck Paradin. Uh, from the state, from CPRA, replied, and he's so right. I mean, until you see it that, at that perspective and still know many, however many times you see it, it's still really amazing, the size and the scale of of the challenges that we have. But then through this, we can also experience the opportunities that we have. You can see the restored barrier islands. You can see the work being done. Uh, and it just gives you a new energy to do that. Well, Jacques, you know, Homa is where the heart is. So I know. Don't well, forget that. <laughs> uh, you know, it's so funny. Um, I, I mean, obviously, my grandfather and his family well, was all from Homa. And I remember going there for uh, holidays. And we'd always have our chicken and sausage gumbo with a, a nice heaping of potato salad on top. So after the flyovers, yes, we got to go to, is it Bolello's um, in Homa? Uh Uh-huh, and we downtown cafe. Yeah, I got my uh, chicken and sausage gumbo and, um, you know, (laughs) uh, my potato salad on top. So my grandfather was definitely in my thoughts uh, all day. He would have been proud. Uh My dad has a, uh, still has an office in downtown Homa. It's so beautiful and quaint. Uh, we'll talk. We'll have a whole Homa show another day. We should do. Well, you know, it is the Rougarou Fest this weekend. So absolutely, yes. I, I, so actually, Restore Retreat's going to be out there. Awesome. It is a huge Halloween. Um, really, Jonathan Foray with the South Louisiana Wetlands Discovery Center. He's a really great guy. But they have just turned that fest into 
it, it's amazing. It's and it's so appropriate. It's Halloween. It strikes all the right tones. And so, um, but because it's South Louisiana Wetlands Discovery Center, um, he offers opportunities to organizations like Restore Retreat to come out and have some information so we can help spread the coastal word. Um, uh, unfortunately, people in Homa know. Um, land loss, um, they, they definitely know a lot about it, but um, we, we also want to bring it, you know, keep it um, in the top of everybody's minds, too, but also not just the challenges, but the opportunities and, and some of the cool things that we're working on. That's awesome. So that's, is that Saturday and Sunday? Is it in downtown Homa? So, yeah, so it's, um, it's, it is this weekend. I think it's Saturday and Sunday. Unfortunately, I hope it doesn't rain on them, but they have a parade, which is just they pull out all of the stops. They work on it all year. Um, if you, if you, you, when you were a little shocked, you might have remembered that they had some very cool church festivals in our area. And one of the famous um, food items from one of those festivals is Pop Rouge ice cream. Um, so they serve Pop Rouge ice cream at Rugaru Fest, and they have um, all kinds of vendors. And, and you'll see uh, Victoria Sagrara, our uh, special projects coordinator, She'll be out there um, manning the roar table. Well, that is awesome. So definitely head out this weekend if you can support that event. And we'll, we'd will we love to have them on the show at some point and talk more about it. Yeah, yeah. So, Jonathan does great work. That's awesome. And Simone, I know you've been really busy with a bunch of really important meetings. So tell us a little yeah. bit about the CPRA board meeting. Um, it was in Belchase yesterday, right? It was in Belchase. We'll kind of work backwards on our week. We had a, a really eventful week, and I guess if, if we weren't having eventful weeks, we probably wouldn't have jobs, right? But um, So yesterday, uh, CPRA was in Belchase. They're always a very welcoming host. Um, we talked about all kinds of different items. They gave a diversions update. Um, Brad and Rudy, uh, who we had on the show before, gave a little update on some of the presentations. They're still doing their coastal connections. Um, and so uh, we want to be able to keep spreading the word about the times where CPRA goes into those communities uh, and has like an open house forum where they can talk about uh, diversions and answer any questions. They also talked about GoMesa. Unfortunately, the state received word. It's, it's a topic we've talked about a lot on the show, uh, but the state received uh, word from the um, federal government that um, GoMesa was not going to be uh, what we originally projected. In fact, it's going to be about half of what we first thought it would be, and that's directly tied to oil and gas production and other formulas. So that's um, that means less all around, right? Less um, cash for projects, less uh, possibly infrastructure projects. And so um, the state's going to really have to um, re- reorganize some of their priorities. Some of our work on the finance report uh, is trying to help them do that, uh, manage their cash, leverage, and also maximize that so we can continue to build all the projects that we know need to be on the ground. We don't want, um, you know, something as silly as money to get in the way. Uh, but they also had some great uh, other presentations. Uh, John Troutman from CPRA gave a regional update on several uh, a very important CPRA projects and Clipper projects. Uh, I want to encourage everyone again to sign up for CPRA's emails. They gave a really in-depth summary of the meeting yesterday. And even if you can't make it, um, you can watch on Facebook Live. Um, a lot of times folks can't make it, uh, but they do try to broadcast those me- monthly meetings on Facebook Live. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, CPRA sends out such great weekly newsletters on Fridays. We've talked about it on the show. So definitely worth you know, subscribing to their newsletter, following them, liking them on Facebook. And you're, you're absolutely right, Simone. I mean, they have been in the community so much going to 
bait shops and marinas, you know, multiple times a month talking about these projects on the ground with the people who are most impacted by them. And so it's great to see that that work um, has been highlighted. Um, on the Go Mesa side, that, I mean, it is unfortunate news. There's been some news coverage of it. But again, another reminder of why we need to protect what funding we have coming our way and then continue to look for additional streams and do more with what we have through bonding and yeah. other means. So we're excited to hear the, you know, kind of the analysis that comes out of um, your efforts with Restore Retreat um, and continue to follow that story. So I know you had another um, meeting earlier in the week with some really important people. Tell us about that. Yeah, some important people, but also some of our favorite people. So um, Congressman Garrett Graves uh, even jumped into the Go Mesa conversation. He, of course, was an important part when he was of the, our Louisiana's Coastal Program when he was chair. And so he understands the issue better than most. And he even had kind of a, a reply or something to say on Go Mesa, too. He was at the Bayou Industrial Group, which is an industrial um, group, obviously, in Thibodeau um, on Monday. Uh, he talked a little bit about Coastal, but talked about his other work there. So it was always really great to see Garrett, um, and we had Victoria was there at that meeting. And then on Tuesday, um, I was so grateful to see um, our leader and a friend to Restore Retreat, Steve Scalise, um, spoke at um, the South Central Industrial Group, which is one of our favorite organizations based out of HOMA. Um, he was there to make one of his first appearances in the district since he was shot this summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, was, I was very grateful to see him. He uh, was inspiring, as always, talking about what he had been through and how, um, you know, it didn't bring him down. It, it actually, you know, he's uh, more energized more than ever. He looked great. That, um, that's- and also the guest. That's great, Simone. And, you know, I don't mean to cut you off, but we're about to go on a break. And, you know, our thoughts are with him and so glad on his recovery. Um, We're going to be playing a recording from the New Orleans Film Festival, and then we'll be back uh, in the fourth segment. Yep. All right. Yep. We'll talk to you at the end of the show. Thanks, Shock. Yep. Bye, Simone. Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help. At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. la.audubon.org. Restore Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. My name is Jacques Hebert. I work as communications director with Audubon, Louisiana. We're part of a coalition of organizations called Restore the Mississippi River Delta, and that includes Environmental Defense Fund, National Wildlife Federation, National Audubon Society, 
Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana and the Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation. Um, and we're here all working on advancing coastal restoration here in Louisiana. Um, I'm also the co-host of Delta Dispatches, which is a weekly radio show that airs on WGSO 990 AM in New Orleans, and it's also a podcast. Um, so this conversation will be a part of that podcast. I want to go to John for a second. So John, you, you partnered with Louisiana Endowment for the Humanities and kind of helped oversee this waterways project and working with the filmmakers um, in tackling the issue of coastal land loss and um, you know how we're confronting it. Obviously, it's a huge topic. Um, it's reported on you know here nationally. How did you begin to parse out um, the stories that would represent what is happening here in Louisiana um, and working with the filmmakers? Well, so in the whole process, actually, um, the filmmakers came to us with um, stories already in mind. Like as far as that, uh, Brian Boyles and Chris Robert with the with Louisiana Endowment for Humanities asked filmmakers to pitch story ideas um, with the idea of um, trying to uh, make a film that's, that focuses around the coastal master plan, some kind of engineering um, you know, feat that's being used in order to implement it, and then the dilemmas that it puts communities in. So anyway, uh, so they went through and they had a you know, pretty good idea of people that they, that, that they wanted to work with, and, you know, and I think the criteria was like, for instance, Kevin's probably worked on this issue more than anybody else has from a film uh, point of view, you know, uh, Katie's been working with Novak on, his, on several of these mini docs about coastal issues and land loss and about people that are being affected by it. And then Kira has already been working on Station 15 with this group here. So like as far as like it was just um, that that's how we got, we came up with uh, with these story ideas. So it was, it was large in large part um, the filmmakers that you see here. Awesome. So. Um, and I, I want to talk a little bit about kind of the, the Station 15 film um, and Kara and Sophie and others, feel free to chime in. Um, from what I understand, you took on this topic um, prior to the August 5th floods um, and that was already your established kind of um, subject for the film. Um, can you talk a little bit about the perspective and of course Chastity if, if you want to chime in, but um, how did you choose to show, uh, tackle the issue of, of water management and pumping um, from the perspective that you did, um, and what effect do you think that had on um, conveying the message of, of the film? Um, do you, uh, so, I think that was a multi-part question. Um, it, we, I chose the topic of pump stations because I was working closely with Aaron Chang and Claire Anderson, who founded an environmental educational initiative called Ripple Effect in the city. Um, and so, we had been talking about how we could communicate um, about this place in a way that kids could relate to and feel like they could be, um, how, how to get kids to imagine um, how to partake in the future of the infrastructure, basically, of the city. Um, and as Kalamu said, it's not purely intellectual, I didn't want to make an intellectual totally, I mean, I don't actually think there's a separation between the intellect and the emotional on some level, and uh, so what we were trying to do um, is bring together these ideas and um, with the, the emotional underpinning of a young person, chastity, um, for whom it is actually really relevant and meaningful that she understand these topics and um, be able to 
play a role in the city as it becomes more, it's going to become more and more um, necessary that, I don't know, Aaron, do you want to speak to this? Um, no? Or so <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just going to say that, it, yeah, that uh, I feel like I'm about to quote Aaron because I've listened to so many hours of footage, so I felt a little bit bashful. I was like, maybe I should just let Aaron speak for himself. Um, but as, as we... Um, as we are unable to use fossil fuels at the rate at which we have been using them, um, we're going to have to make choices about um, where funding is going to go and it's going to just, it's not a sustainable, pump stations as we use them now are not sustainable. So um, what, how are we gonna to begin to have a conversation about other ways of living with water and managing water, and um, how can we bring young people into that conversation? Um, Katie, so your film you know, shows that uh, such a deep and spiritual connection that one family has to a particular place and land. And so tell us a little bit about that family and how you kind of portrayed that connection in your film. Yeah, I, I wish they were still here. They they just left to drive back to Dulac <laughs> because it's about it's a long two drive. hours yeah. in the dark. Um, the Soleil family, um, I was fortunate enough to meet at a at a um, a Dulac community library uh, talk about the mounds, and um, and they introduced themselves and asked if I wanted to come and see the mound next to their property. Um, and the whole experience of first coming onto their property with them um, was so so unbelievably uh, special um, to see to to both feel what it's like there and how peaceful it is, but also to see their um, their devotion to this this piece of land um, and their connection to it. And so I always wanted it to be um, something that that portrayed how I first encountered them, which was this really intimate um, space, very like um, from one person's perspective. I didn't want any drone shots in the film, even though it's really hard to show the coast and what's happening and, you know, mounds and earthworks without, you know, without getting an angle. But I really, I really wanted to, um, yeah, have, have make the viewer feel that more of that intimate connection to this place, to this special piece of land and to this family um, and their relationships with one another and the land. Um, and so, Justin's wife, uh, cinematographer, and I, you know, made choices based based on that desire. And it almost came out and kind of, you know, the the communal, uh, the boils and kind of in the kitchen and that sort of thing. You could really kind of see that connection. Um, Kevin, so you've done a number of films, including uh, your more recent one, Finding Common Ground, that tackles some of these issues. Um, tell us a little bit about your subject, um, Wendell Curall, and um, kind of what, you know, why you, you chose to focus on him, and then, you know, if there are lessons from what he's experienced in Lafouche that are being applied um, elsewhere across the state. Okay, um, well, <clears throat> first of all, as a waterway, uh, uh, Bayou Lafourche, uh, except probably for the port of New Orleans, Bayou Lafourche is uh, one of the big economic engines of Louisiana. Um, as you know, we kind of pointed out with Port Fouchon and the oil business, and then the boat building business, and 
uh, Jerry Savoie does uh, pretty well with, <laughs> with Gucci and Hermes and, uh, and the rest of them. Uh, um, Wendell uh, uh, and all of them uh, in the film obviously were born on the bayou and, and stay there, um, uh, much like we see with families in Louisiana uh, all over the place. But, um, but Wendell has been doing, that for, doing this for over 30 years, and he's the most successful uh, flood manager, I guess you'd say, and one of the smartest guys I know, and a real Renaissance guy. Um, uh, has a band and and uh, you know does what he does. Henri Boulet um, also. Uh, both of them were here, and they also had a long drive. Mm -hmm. And um, but anyway, uh, uh, Henri was in Houston this morning working and touting Louisiana one and, and all, and he was here tonight um, and all. So Wendell, Wendell's a, a, a really, really interesting guy. He's all over the place. He's very well respected. Um, and, and he comes from a sensibility, uh, as you heard, um, talking about uh, how people survive and, and get by, and uh, when there's storms, and his responsibility is to is to keep their houses dry, as he said. So it's he's he's got all kinds of science. He can speak science. He can speak French, Cajun French, and. Uh, and he speaks the language of the people. And so that to me is, is one of the big tools that, that he uses along with all the engineering tools they use. And that's why the community, I think, responds and he energizes the community. Uh, and they work together to um, protect themselves and to be resilient, you know. They, they have migrated up the coast. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org Louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org Louisiana. At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's 
biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. la.audubon.org. Restore Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. I thought that kind of when he was speaking about his family and each generation was just, you know, a few more miles further up, further up from the coast um, was just such a powerful reality that, you know, many families in coastal Louisiana have experienced. Um, if anyone from the audience has questions, we want to open it up um, so you can ask questions of the filmmakers or any of the people here. Um, feel free to just come up and you can use my mic. So, I mean, it's it's obvious from these four very different films hitting on the same subject that there are a lot of different ways to come at it. My question is, are any of you girding up to do it again, to, to, to go back to this subject, to return to the well and, and come at it from a different way? Yeah, that was actually one of my questions, which was, if you had to, what's your next film? And you may not want to share it, but did this inspire um, any other kind of topics or uh, people or places that you want to feature in an upcoming film? Um, I mean, I don't know if I'm, I'm speaking for the other filmmakers, but one of the things that you discover whenever you start to look at this issue is that there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of stories. I mean, every time you go down there and talk to anybody, you realize that everybody you talk to, there's another angle, another person's story that you could tell as far as like when it comes to this issue. So, uh, so yeah, like as far as I don't have anything specifically lined up yet, but, I, but I'm pretty sure I'll be back at it pretty soon. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, this piece was actually part of, is part of a series that I've been working on with New Orleans Video Access Center and Darcy McKinnon um, about, called Post Coastal about how coastal communities you know, move forward after realizing that their, their land and um, home is in crisis. Um, and so we have, we have more films in the series and more that are currently in production. And our hope is to um, be able to put out the call to other local filmmakers to be able to continue to tell these stories, but in their own, their own way. Where can people go to, if they want to stay up to date on those films and or get involved? Um, a website that's currently under construction, okay. um, but just follow Novak Video, um, either on Facebook, Instagram, or go to novakvideo.org. And Kevin, we were talking earlier, right? There's, I mean, for, from your perspective, you don't want to film anywhere else because there's so much here in Louisiana that you could, you know, still get and so many stories to tell. Right. Um, although I'd like to, you know, I'm, I'm always about trying to contextualize, so it's interesting. But yeah, Louisiana to me is, is just uh, one of the richest cultural landscapes, and there are you know, thousands of stories, of course. Um, the, the recent feature documentary uh, we did uh, uh, with uh, the crew who is here, and with Dr. Bob Thomas, who I collaborate with uh, quite a bit, um, uh, is, is about, is focused on the diversions and dredging, but it's about how we communicate 
about the, the coast and how people interact and how many different stories everyone's telling each other and you know there's no right answers and, and that kind of exploration. Uh, extremely, extremely complicated material but, but another way to look at that story. Um, that, that is scheduled to uh, go back on the TV. We, we premiered it on LPB uh, at Earth Day weekend and uh, it'll be on WLAE the Friday after Thanksgiving and the Sunday. Um, so, and it's also on Vimeo. Um, so that's, that's one thing. And then, yes, I keep going back to the, uh, I go back to Louisiana culture, to culinary culture, et cetera, uh, music, um, uh, and, uh, but, but Dr. Bob and I have, have uh, a suite of, of films uh, to tell this story in a different way, uh, connecting the fishermen in the marsh and, and telling it from their angle. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm in the early processes of collaborating with Aaron and Claire to uh, develop media that will be counterpart to water curriculum in Louisiana. Um, so I feel pretty committed to figuring out how to communicate to young people in a way that conveys emotional and political urgency as well as uh, communicating science facts. And I think everyone here will in some way be part of that. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talk a lot about that coastal literacy. And, you know, for people who may have grown up in New Orleans or maybe other parts of southeastern Louisiana, uh, you, you may not know really kind of the forces of nature that are impacting you unless there is some major, you know, event like Katrina or otherwise. So, I mean, that's so important. Um, speaking of major events, so going back to the August 5th flood, um, you know, you were in production, post-production when that happened. How at all did that affect, you know, the film and the, like kind of the decisions you made? Um, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, it was kind of an unexpected sure, yeah. event. I mean, it completely restructured the story. Um, so. The, the story starts out with that flooding, um, and I think it dramatizes the problem. Um, although, yeah, so in a way, for storytelling, it was a gift, even though it was a terrible thing to happen, um, because it dramatizes something that we tend not to think about um, in our day-to-day -day lives. You drive by a pump station, don't often, I didn't know what a, a pump station was for uh, many years that I lived here. Um, and, yeah, so I, it was a it was a good route into um, why this matters and um, why it is so urgent to think about. Um, Sophie, you want to add? Denise Reed has a line where she says they have the same problem in Texas. They have the same problem in Miami, and she said that line before either of the events that took place in those areas took place, and it felt. Every time I watched a new cut and another one of those areas had gone down, it was just like devastating and kept reminding us, I think, as we were going, that there are a number of people who have been paying close attention to this and there's no reason why they should be the only ones who know this is coming for all these towns. Yeah, yeah and I thought that scene with Denise was just so powerful, right? And, um, you know, I, we don't want these events to happen to, ha to be able to address these issues. We need to address them before. We only have a few more minutes. So if anyone else from the audience wants to ask a question. Hi, thank y'all. Uh, my name is Julia, and I'm going to stand here. So uh, 
John, uh, echoing the point that was made about the women, uh, thank you so much for asking. Sorry, it's late. But uh, how did you find Albertine? She was wonderful. Well, she's here right now. Yeah. So You are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, so beautiful. Thank you so much for your poetry and really resonates. I wonder, so that's one question. How did y'all find each other? And then the second one was, like, I, as a panel of creators, uh, thinking about, like, the perspective of uh, that, like, insect that we saw in two different films or the, the tree. Like, how can, can we imagine that? Because I found, like, well, what about the species? And, like, walking on the levee every morning and every afternoon, I'm always like, well, what about, you know, what about these species? So, yeah. Well, um, so Albertine, as far as, like, uh, so the the guy at the beginning of the film that kind of introdu introduces the film is Richie Blink, who's also here. And uh, I've known Richie for a while, and so Richie's been a great resource when it comes to... Um, to, well, first of all, understanding what's going on as far as in coastal Louisiana and understand the complexity. He has a gift of being able to explain in a way that um, almost anybody can understand as far as like what are the issues that are really driving this, this problem with subsidence and erosion. And, but also another thing that's great about Richie is that he also seems to know everybody in South Louisiana too. And so, you know, uh, so, you know when I was talking to Richie about uh, different story ideas, you know, um, he brought up Albertine Kimball um, twice. And so, you know, uh, what's really interesting about Albertine is that, you know, she's a lifelong resident of Plaquemines Parish. She worked in, um, in parish government for years, so as far as like throughout the whole Katrina um, and through, I mean, uh, I mean, pretty much everything that they went through and she's recently retired. And, but, you know, the thing is that she's um, dedicated to still living um, outside the levee system on the east bank of, uh, of Plaquemines Parish. And so, um, you know, you see her house, you, you know, um, she has a, this vast knowledge as far as like of what's going on and, and, you know, can explain to us as far as like why we need sediment diversions, you know. Um, and um, also another thing, the reason I bring up the house is because I think that it's also, it, it, it's an example of exactly what happens when you don't, when you don't have those, protect, those systems to protect you, you know. So I think that she, she lives the life that, that explains why we need to do more to protect, you know, uh, South Louisiana, you know, and so that, um, yeah, I don't know. We went out and uh, we met her, and uh, she was great. She was a great interview. She made really great iced tea, and uh, <laughs> yeah, she's a fun person to be around. So. Um. I guess one last question. So obviously, you know, there's a, a lot of coverage of kind of Louisiana's coastal land loss crisis. Um, whenever there's an event, it, it increases, um, even at the national level. Uh, if you had to make a pitch to someone, you know, these films are going to go around the state um, and be shown to different audiences. If you had to make a pitch to someone, whether that person were in northern Louisiana or New York, as to why these issues are important and why they should care, what would you say? Um, Louisiana's the canary in the coal mine. You know, we're, what's happening on the coast is gonna be happening on every coast, is happening on every coast, and is going to be affecting, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people um, in a shorter time span than we can even imagine. So that's why I would say it's important.
Yeah, I would say that if you open up a map, the Mississippi River is the spine of the United States and between the Rockies and the Appalachian Mountains, almost all of the major rivers flow into the Mississippi. If you are in Minnesota or Colorado or Kentucky or wherever, if you throw a stick in the water, eventually it's going to float past New Orleans down into that great basin of Louisiana. And from an economic standpoint, although we think of transportation in terms of automobiles and airplanes, for the majority of the life of this country, waterways was the major form of international and national transportation. And New Orleans and Louisiana was critical to that development. I want to approach that same question from a slightly different angle, probably not one that you intended, but, uh, and also I'm not one of the filmmakers, so this might come off as rude, but you're, I would. You're an associate producer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I think what I would say is to, to Chastity, who's a poet, and to Jai, who's a musician, I'm sure there are a number of artists working in different realms here, that uh, we think about the issues we have. Um, Coastal Master Plan is, what, $50, $60 billion. It's not really funded. Uh, Greater New Orleans Urban Water Plan is a $6 billion plan that's also not funded. And so I think there's a real gap in what our clearly stated needs are and our willingness as a society to actually, uh, to, to actually make up that gap and to work towards uh, the sciences there. Um, and, and we're not culturally there yet. So what I would suggest is that uh, I would say young people, these films are great, but we're, we're the, the, the cultural production um, in our society hasn't caught up to the actual needs. And if we can't connect at that emotional level the way Kira's talking about, uh, I, I'm not sure how else we're actually gonna get there because the science alone isn't gonna do it. I'd like to add that I, I think these films are really important for my generation to know just because, you know, I'm like 18 and in like about a decade, people in my generation will be actually dealing with these problems, like Kalami said, and just being aware of like the policies and like all of like the politics that goes in behind like funding, like the drainage systems or like restoring the coast. It's, I think like helping young people get the awareness to at least like put, instill this like knowledge into their minds is very important. Um, yeah. yeah. Great. Yep. Well, um, I, not to speak for John and, and Brian, but it seems like one of the goals of these films was really to start that dialogue kind of you know, spur a conversation around these issues that can be continued. So hopefully, we can find some of those solutions. Yeah, you know, absolutely to get it out into the public mind. You know, and this idea that you know to do nothing is not really an option now. You know. Well, thanks again to our filmmakers and to all the people who are featured in the films. Yeah. Thank you all for coming out. Yeah, Louisiana Endowment for the Humanities. Thank you so much. Um, 
And again, this you can listen to this episode of Delta Dispatches on deltadispatches.org um, and WGSO 990 AM. Thanks for sticking around and have a great night. Well, that was fun. So you were listening to a recording of a panel we had last night as part of the New Orleans Film Festival, um, sponsored by Louisiana Endowment for the Humanities, uh, their film series called Waterways, which is looking at different coastal issues and issues around communities uh, in our state. Um, so welcome back, Simone. You know, it was an interesting conversation. The films are definitely um, very uh, engaging. And I think part of the the goal there is, as I was mentioning in the panel, is that, you know, they're trying to reach people at a very emotional level, highlight people, um, you know, on the ground as a way to kind of spur conversation and um, inspire action. So we obviously know that, you know, the Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority has done so much work um, both on the ground and in terms of getting projects constructed. There's also substantial funding that's coming through to get these projects done. So these, these films help people who may not otherwise be paying attention kind of sit up and say, hey, this is something I should be paying attention to. Yeah, I loved it when, when somebody said, you know, there are just hundreds of stories to tell and also, you know, that it's so rich in culture. And that is a story that we have to tell and, and we have to help tell. And, you know, some people are attracted to the science of what we're doing. And but some people are also really attracted to the human stories that we're telling, too. So, Really great job on the panel last night. I'm sorry that was well past my bedtime, oh. but um, it's so it's so interesting. You and I do this every day, right? And so it's always really great, just like the flyovers, to look at it through a different lens and um, and to be reminded of maybe something we forgot about or to think about it in a different way. So, what a great way to kind of showcase different aspects of our coast. Absolutely. Um, and again, thanks to our partners at Louisiana Endowment for the Humanities for that. And we certainly missed you. A lot of your friends were there, Simone, and they, they expressed uh, yeah, they, they were they missing can, you, they too. they don't have a bedtime like I do. So. <laughs> well, I, I'm paying for it today because I've been tired all day. Well, you know, we only have a few minutes left, but I do want to highlight some upcoming events, including a rendezvous that Restore Retreat is doing. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we do one fundraiser uh, every year in, in kind of a big way. We call it our rendezvous. Uh, we're having that next Thursday, October 26th. We're having it down the bayou, well, up the bayou, depends on where you're coming from. We're having it in Thibodeau. Um, they built a really beautiful new facility there. Um, Thibodeau Regional, the hospital, it's called the Wellness Center, but they've made it available to groups just like Restore Retreat. So our theme this year is Coastal Wellness. Um, we're really looking forward to it. It's, it's really just kind of our fun way of doing something. We do business workshops and other things, but this is uh, the one fun night of the year. So we're really looking forward to that. I love it. And what, I mean, hey, you get to hang out with Simone. So that's got to be fun. Yeah, right. Where can people go to get their tickets? (laughs) Where can people go to see Simone out past her bedtime and get tickets? Yeah, so for sure, check out our website. It's restoreretreat.org. And there's a button right on front. You can click to find out reservations, sponsorship, and all that great information. We're looking forward to, we have uh, the Cajun Music Preservation Society which is a, a really great group of musicians that um, play just traditional Cajun music, and we love it. Um, but we have some great food. We have some cold drinks, some spirits, uh, and some fun things like that. So, yeah, thanks for mentioning it. Awesome. And then, of course, New Orleans is continuing its mayoral race, right? So it's going to be yeah, a historic... Right. Now, a it's historic the, now it's the heat of it. Yeah, right? historic race. We're going to have our first female mayor. Um but, Absolutely. you know, the issues are still here and, and important. So our partners at Coalition to Restore Coast Louisiana are having a, a continuation of their mayoral forum. It's on the 25th at 7.30 p.m. at NOCA's 
um, uh, at NOCA in, in New Orleans, and it's going to be on flood risk and talking about storm management, water management, all of those things. How cool that, that we've gotten to a point where this is a, a topic when people run that they know that they need to know, right? They need to know coastal issues and flood risk and management. So Absolutely. Well, you know, we're almost about out of time, um, but, you know, this was kind of a fun experimental show. We'll have to do more live events and record them. It. Yes, definitely. And we are so grateful to have Louisiana Endowment for Humanities on two shows in a row. That's that's a repeat, right? Right. So that that uh, ranks high in our So book. next week, we'll be probably be back in the studios, but that's it. Have a great night. Um, thank you for wa- listening to Delta Dispatches. All right. Bye, Giacomo.